Thank you so much, uh, Pastor John. We appreciate the opportunity of being here to, to share. Uh, great to have connected with you and connected with my friend Felicia Thompson. Thank you for connecting us in this uh, opportunity tonight. And good to be back at Christ Church. And to all of you that uh, uh, love Jesus, thank you for being here tonight. Uh, on, um, there's a glow about me and there's a glow about my wife if you meet her tonight and you talk to her. And that glow comes from the fact that uh, last Saturday evening on, this, on the Biloxi sands of Mississippi, uh, we stood there and our daughter got married, okay? Our daughter is a pediatrician. Uh, she's 38 years old. She serves the Lord wonderfully, and God brought some out in her life. So she, look at Rose is smiling right now. See that? Smile. So you understand that we are smiling for a wonderful and fantastic uh, reason. Uh, yesterday, I drove to a place, I mean, not yesterday, but on Thursday, I drove to Tupelo, Mississippi, northern part of Mississippi, and spoke to a group there called, a, called the Fellowship. A black, white, male, female business persons got together, and I had the opportunity to speak to that group. And the reason it's significant is because we're talking about Mississippi, we're talking about change. In Mississippi, 25 or 30 years ago, that wouldn't have happened a room full of people across the racial line, our denominational lines, the socioeconomic line, the political line, coming together so that they can begin to understand what it means to grow together. Rose and I left Mississippi yesterday. I drove here, and we're excited about being here tonight uh, with you. My wife, Rose, and I have been married for 41 years. I come August to be 42 years, if she stayed with me that long now. <laughs> and I want to say two things about that. One is, uh, we've been married for 41 years. And the other one is, we've worked in ministry together for 41 years. Now, that's significant. It's tough enough to be married 41 years. Hear me. Y'all understand, right? It's tough enough. <laughs> but then to work together for 41 years, it's even tougher. Because you get the privilege of being with each other all the time. And so we celebrate that in a wonderful and fantastic way. The passage of Scripture we'll be looking at tonight is found in Matthew uh, chapter uh, 14. As we look at that passage of Scripture, the, the, the passage of Scripture uh, begins at verse this number 13 and allow me to read it in our hearing from the NIV. When Jesus heard what had happened, that is that John the Baptist was beheaded, when John the Baptist was beheaded, that's what Jesus heard about. He withdrew by a boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the town. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the village and buy themselves some food. Verse 16, Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, 
And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women uh, and children. God has been putting in my spirit lately the word impossible. And then as I've dealt with this word impossible, then another thing God has put in my spirit, if it's impossible, then Lord, show me the possible. Lord, show us the possible. Lord, show us the possible. As we, as we talk about our world, as we talk about our circumstances, as we talk about situations, there are times things seem to be so impossible. And we can be beaten down with impossibilities. But the good news is for us to be able to rise up and say, Lord, will you show me the possible in the midst of the impossibilities? What are some of the impossibilities of this passage of Scripture? They were in a remote place with 5,000 men and a number of women and a number of children. And listen to this. There was no McDonald's around and there was no Kentucky Fried Chicken place around. They were in a remote place. In this remote place, there was no University of Chicago cafeteria. There was no major city with hundreds of restaurants. We went to a banner a few years ago in St. Louis, and in a banner they had these 18,000 people. But at lunchtime, there was a system in place that these thousands of people went to places that they could have food to eat. Here Jesus was with his disciples in a place that was called remote, and there was no place for people to get food. And when you look at that, the first thing the disciples said, Jesus, I don't know what you're thinking about, but this is an impossibility. And then all of a sudden they saw this little kid there who had five loaves and two fish. And one of the disciples says, you know, here's a kid that has five loaves and two fish. Just enough for three or four men to fight over. I went to school at a private school called Pineywood School for my junior college years. At Piney Woods, we ate family style. And so they, they filled the table up with food, the meat in one bowl, the potatoes in another bowl, and the things in another bowl. And then they have enough nerve to tell a bunch of people, bow your heads and sing grace. What happens? As soon as we bow our heads, somebody would reach over and grab the meat bowl and pull it in front of them. And as soon as amen was said, half of the meat went on their plate and somebody else got and took the other half of the meat. And there were other people sitting there with <laughs> nothing to eat. But then they had a system, though, that more food came. Impossibility. Five loaves, two fish, impossibility. In John chapter 6, verse 9b, it talks about the same passage. And one of the disciples says, but, for, for, but how far will this little bit go because there were so many? Here the disciples were, had to listen to Jesus that said, bring it to me. And as they began to bring it to Jesus, and they gave Jesus the five loaves and two fish, and I want to take this and put it in slow motion. Let's play the tape, slow motion. The tape is running slow. The tape is slowing down. Watch the disciples look at the five loaves and look at the two fish 
and look at the crowd. It's almost like Derrick Rose goes in and makes a layup between seven footers and you see him make the layup and you wonder what happened. And then they slow it down in slow motion. And Derrick Rose goes in and makes several moves and he's able to get past them and he's to lay it up. The slow motion does a lot for us. Think about the impossibilities of slow motion that the disciples were saying, impossible, impossible, impossible. But Jesus just simply said, bring it to me. Bring me the five loaves and the two fishes. And they brought the five loaves and two fish to Jesus. And, and Jesus says, have the crowd to sit down. Come get a portion to distribute to the crowd. And let's slow it down again. Watch the disciples' eyes as they really began to look at and began to deal with. Remember the story that Jesus talked about Peter, and he saw Peter, and Peter had been fishing all day long, and he caught no fish. And Jesus came along and said, Peter, why don't you cast your net over into the deep? And Peter was a fisher person, and he said, listen, Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm a person that's been fishing for a long time. I know there's nothing out there, but nevertheless at your word. Isn't that great? Isn't it great? Nevertheless at your word. I'm going to cast it out there. What about these disciples? Nevertheless, Jesus, at your word, we will do it. At your word, we will pick up this, we will take what you give us, and at your word, we will go forth. And the slow motion looks like this, that Jesus gave this one a portion, and he gave that one a portion, and the disciples reached in there in slow motion and gave it to one, and looking back and thinking nothing was left, they reached back again and they took an impossibility and just by faith walked on the impossibility and said, Lord, let me do what I can with what I have. And they began to distribute what was in there. The impossibility, but when, when it was put into God's hand, it made a possibility. And the possibility was so great, the story says, that 12 basketfuls were left over after feeding 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Listen to tonight. I don't know what your impossibility is. Here's an appropriate prayer. Lord, show me the possible. No matter how difficult my impossibility is, no matter how difficult your impossibility is, tonight is a wonderful word for me, and I share it with all of us. Lord, show me the possible. Difficulty in your marriage, confess that God did not call you to change your spouse. You can start there. If you're having difficulty in your marriage, in marriage situations, there's sometimes when one spouse thinks it's their call to change the other spouse. Keep looking up here now. Don't kick your spouse. Keep looking up here. Go home, take it out of your job description. It is not your job to change your spouse. Now, keep looking up here. I know y'all kicking each other out there. Keep looking up here. It is not your job to change your spouse. God is the only one that's in the changing business. If we can confess that, we can begin to get on the road to move into the possible. When we put it in God's hand, the impossible situation that we might be trapped in, we can put that impossible situation in God's hand and we can walk out on the possibilities. Difficulty with children, then walk into the frame of, Lord, show me the possible. Difficulty with finances, difficulty with health. I don't know what your impossibilities are, but here is the good news. God is the God of possibilities. 
And in the midst of impossibilities, we need to back up and take our eyes off having a pity party. In impossibilities, we call a party together. And in that party, we invite me, myself, and I to the party, and we have a pity party in impossibilities. When the Almighty God says, wake up, look up, in the midst of your impossibilities, I stand with all of the possibilities in the world to make things happen in a wonderful and fantastic way. On November the 30th of last year, I went in the hospital and had a complete right hip replacement. In February, I tried to exercise too quick. I'm an athlete, so athletes think that I can get over this thing quickly. And so I began to exercise too quickly, and all of a sudden, I got, in February, I got inflammation in that area. And that inflammation had a real sharp pain. And so when I went to the physical therapist, and the physical therapist started working on me, they said, where is the pain? I want you to know, as soon as the physical therapist taught the spot where the pain was, I was ready to jump off the table because the pain was that severe. God knows how to put his finger directly on the place, and he's able to take that impossibility and turn it into possibilities. In the early 1980s, down in Mendenhall, Mississippi, we had this school called Genesis One Christian School. We had 70 kids in the school. And we began to ask the question, why is it that we only have 70 kids? And we did a survey of our parents, and we found out the reason we had 70 kids is because families couldn't afford to pay the tuition, and the tuition was like $50 a week. The tuition was like $15 a week. The tuition was something that parents couldn't pay. So we decided to come up with a work program that says if you can't afford to pay the money, come work it off. And all of a sudden, our enrollment jumped from 70 kids to 130 kids. Now, what, that created a space problem for us. And as we began to walk around and having a pity party, what are we going to do with this impossibility? We had kids in one corner of the gym and kids in another corner of the gym. We deal with all the impossibilities. One morning, I walked past this building. It was a two-story building in our community. I walked past that building, and God put in my spirit that that building can become a building for Genesis 1 Christian School. But I looked at it and said, impossible. Number one, we don't own the building. Number two, we don't even know that the building is, 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 is rehabable. Number three, we don't, we, can't, we don't have the money to deal with it. Impossibility. And in the midst of impossibilities, God sent a team from Aurora, Illinois, from Aurora Christian School. They came down to Mendenhall, Mississippi, and they were looking for an impossible project to do. And I showed them this building. And they came to my office and said, Dolphus, we need to get that building. We can bring the people with the skills down here to completely renovate this building. I, knew, I didn't know what we were dealing with. Three months later, they called me and said, listen, we got the money for you to buy the building. It only cost us $25,000. A few months later, they said, we got 50 people signed up ready to come down to Mendenhall. Another few weeks went by. They said, we got 100 people ready to come down. And then they called me back and said, we have 162 people ready to come down to Mendenhall. And I went, wow, where in the world are all these people going to stay? Where are they going to eat? No, 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 they didn't go there. What are we going to do with all these people? My impossibility turned into a possibility to an impossibility. And God took over. And 162 people came to Mendenhall, Mississippi, came across the railroad tracks in the black community and stayed there for one week and transformed 
this old dilapidated building into a building where kids could move into it for education, where kids can have the joy of celebration. It was an impossibility, but God turned into a possibility. My wife and I took our daughter up to a school in Memphis, Tennessee called Rhodes College. It used to be called Southwestern College, Presbyterian College. It was changed to Rhodes College. We went up there and looked at the school. The buildings looked nice. Everything looked beautiful and wonderful. And the more we looked at it, we said, boy, this is a great place for our daughter to come until we went to the finance office. And the finance office says, in order for your daughter to come to school here, it will cost $25,000. This was back in 1992. $25,000. I said, impossible. Let's go home. Let's go home. We got in the car and drove back home to Mendenhall. Two weeks later, she got a letter in the mail saying, we're giving you a scholarship and you don't have to pay $1,000. And I went, wow. You see, God is the God that's able to do extraordinary things in a supernatural way to take impossibilities and turn them to possibilities. My wife and I went to Liberia in 2009, and we were over there working with the churches in Liberia because as racism is destroying the church in Mississippi, tribalism is destroying the church in Liberia. You got this tribe against the other tribe. War broke out, people killing each other. And guess what? It's people who say they love Jesus making it happen. That's why racism is so terrible in this country because the people who love Jesus act just like the people who don't love Jesus. And that don't make sense in kingdom thinking. I'm sorry. Y'all might not be used to a black man speaking loud. Are y'all okay? All right, let me, let, me come, let, let me calm down. Let me calm down. Let me calm down. That it doesn't make sense. And we went over there and stayed a whole week sharing with the tribal church leaders that Jesus makes a difference. Saying to the tribal church leaders, if you love Jesus, you become a part of a new tribe. And it's greater than the old tribe. And we discovered the guy that was leading us around, he lived about, I don't know how far he lived away, but he had to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Him and his wife had to come where we were staying, and they had to go catch a cab or catch something to get there, left their children at home, and they did that every day that we were there. And we saw the struggle that he had, and we said, you know, if you had a car, what would that do for you? And he said, I need a car. I can get around. I can do these things. And I said, how much would it cost to get a car for you? Oh, he said, 5,000 American dollars. And I went, okay, impossible. But after I thought about it and prayed about it, I said, you know something, it is impossible for me. But God put in my spirit that if my wife and I put together $500 and we get nine other people to put together $500, it's done. We did it. And that guy's doing ministry not only there, but in South Africa. He heads up uh, sports ministries for, for, for Campus Crusade for Christ doing the whole place of Liberia. And God is using him to change people and work out lives in a powerful and wonderful way. A few weeks ago, I came to a World Vision conference in Chicago where World Vision is looking at how in the world we deal with the thousands of children that's dying every day because of malaria. It caught my heart. As I sat in that conference, it caught my heart. Because I recognized that in 2011, my wife and I went to Liberia a second time. But this time, when we went the second time, <laughs> I got malaria. Came back home, and one week after coming back, I got malaria. And I went to the hospital, and in Jackson, Mississippi, they see about 10 cases a year of malaria. 
but I had access to the best care in the world because they were tied into the center for control, you know, the, the center and the nation that controls these diseases. They connected there. Within 45 minutes after telling them I went to Liberia, they knew what my case was about. But children die every day in Africa because of not having access, not having a, a net to sleep under at night so that they would not be bitten by mosquitoes. World Vision was having this $500 million campaign to reach out to 10 million children. And as I sat there in that meeting, impossible. But some guy got up and shared a testimony. He said that my family owned this 500-acre, you know, ranch in Montana. And we used this ranch only four times a year. And he read Rich Stern's book, I, you know, you know that, that the hole in the gospel, and, and, and God touched his heart. But then he read it a second time, and God touched his heart about the fact, what is enough? And he shared his testimony that he went and he sold that ranch to use the money to put it in the kingdom. I have no idea where $500 million will come from. But I do know that that impossibility is not impossible for God. Because God has people with resources that can be connected to make it happen and to make it go away. Well, my wife Rosie is here tonight. She's an impossibility. My wife Rosie grew up in a little town called Panola, Mississippi with 10 children in the family in object poverty, but God brought her to a place of salvation. And after she gave her life to the Lord, she said that she wanted to go to a Christian college. And God opened up a door for her to go to a Christian college out in California, the same place we were going to. She got in the car in Mendenhall, Mississippi, not knowing that she was accepted in school because she started late in the process. She already had an academic scholarship to go to a local school in Mississippi. But she wanted to go to a Christian college. And she got in the car not knowing whether or not she was even accepted in school in California. But by faith, she had sent everything in. She got in the car. And John Perkins came to the car and said, Rosie, how much money do you have? And she said, I have $13 or $14, some kind of crazy amount. Sitting in the car ready to go to school in California. No help from her family. Wasn't able to call back and say, I need something. Going out there by faith saying that I want a Christian college education. And God took that impossibility. And she was able to graduate from college. And one of the things that, that I had to deal with in dating her, <laughs> the night I asked her to marry me, she was a, just, starting her junior, just finishing up her sophomore year. She made me promise before she said I do, right, that she would finish college because none of her other siblings had graduated from college, and there were a whole lot of folk in her community that told her, impossible, you will not finish college. You are just going out there to show off all the impossibilities. God took those impossibilities and turned them into possibilities, and Rosie has written her story. Her story is stepping out from the shadows. Rosie, quiet, reserved. We came back to Mississippi. We got married in 1970. We moved back to Mississippi. She wanted to teach school as a history major. She wanted to teach school. But John Perkins said to her, I want you to be my secretary. So she became the secretary of the ministry in Mendenhall, Mississippi. 
And then John Perkins said, we want you to, be, she became my secretary. Then she became the community health education. She became the receptionist at our health clinic when we opened the health clinic. She became a nurse's aide at the health clinic. She became a community health education worker. She became all these things. She became the vice president of the Real Christian Foundation. But in her spirit, it was all impossibilities. And I said, Rosie, you need to tell your story. What is it like being somebody that's quiet that God is using, but nobody else tells you that, and you don't even feel good about what you're doing? Only the people that's up front get the recognition. It's the soloist that gets the recognition. It's the people up front that get the recognition. What about all the people that God is using to do great things, but they're quiet, they're reserved? And she's written her story. It's called Stepping Out from the Shadows. And how many of you are in shadows of impossibilities? But God want to take that and move you to a sense of possibilities. And we encourage you, as you began to move, to move from impossibilities to possibilities. In 1998, when Rose and I left the ministry in Mendenhall, Mississippi, and we started working with this organization called Mission Mississippi, we decided that we wanted to do an impossible thing. And that is, we wanted to create a foundation to support rural Christian ministries in Mississippi. And we decided to sell my book, I Ain't Coming Back. I came to this church three or four or five years ago. I don't know how it was. And everywhere I go and everywhere I travel, I tell people to buy this book, I Ain't Coming Back. Read my story. Let your children read it. Let your grandchildren read it. And invest in the foundation. And we've been believing God for impossibilities ever since. And today... With that impossibility, we now have $1.4 million in an endowed foundation. We are now working with 11 different rural ministries in Mississippi. And now we're saying, Lord, take us to the next level. We want to move from a $1.4 million foundation to a $3 million foundation. And every time I share that with people, people say to me, but Dolphus, that's impossible. It's impossible because of the economy. It's impossible because of this reason. It's impossible because of that reason. And I'd be crying out, but Lord, show me the possible. Show me the possible. Show me the person that would do $10. Show me the person who do $50. Show me the person who do $100 or $1,000 or $2,000. Show me the possible because, Lord, you're in the business of taking impossibilities and turning them into possibilities. And that's what he's been doing. And that's the encouragement he gives. Back in the 1980s, we saw a World Vision telethon. And it talked about all of the thousand kids that were dying because of not having this and not having that. And Rose and I sat there and said, that's impossible. But then at the end of the program, they said, but, but you can sponsor a child. And in 1980, my wife and I started sponsoring a child. Today, we sponsor two children. Impossible? Yes, it is. But here's the good news. We are investing in making a difference. And whatever your circumstance is tonight, whatever your impossibility is, we believe that God is the God of the possible. And God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can even ask to think or dare to dream of. We do have some copies of my book, I Ain't Coming Back. We do have some copies of Rose's book, Stepping Out from the Shadow that'll be on the outside tonight that you can take it with you and you can invest in our impossibility as we continue to believe God to turn impossibilities into possibilities. Let's believe God.
We have to believe God. We've been involved in ministry for 41 years. In 41 years, we've been believing God to supply our needs. God has not let us down in 41 years. Is it impossible? Yes. But I'm so glad that I serve a God of the possible and you serve the God of the possible. But I don't know what your impossibility is, but listen to this. God knows. And God is able to take the five loaves and the two fish and do, the do that which was impossible and make it possible. My prayer is that no matter where you, are to, where you are tonight, that God will help you bring those impossibilities and put them at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, turn my impossibilities into possibilities. Let's pray. Father, how we thank you for a place like Christ Church how we thank you for the leadership, how we thank you for what this church is doing around the world, how we thank you for how they are engaged in impossible things that you are making possible. I just pray through the power of your spirit that you will take this message and bless it to the hearts of your people, that, Lord, we will leave here rejoicing, knowing that you are in control of it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.